All right, how's everyone doing? Hopefully, I saw some people when that music came on, they were like, am I supposed to dance? That's kind of exciting music for 10 a.m. thinking about it, so just kind of like half moving around. It's okay to dance. Anyway, my name is Mark. Welcome to Movement Church. Uh, super glad that, that everyone is here today, and I, I definitely saw some, some new people out there, and I know what it's like to, to be in a, a church for maybe the first time or to, to be checking your place out. And so if you're nervous, I want you to know that I myself have only lived in Hilliard uh, less than a year, and we as a church have only existed for around five months, and we have only been in this building for three weeks now. So if you're thinking this is new and awkward, we're all new and awkward together, okay? So at least you're among new and awkward friends, all right? But anyway, we are, we are glad that you're here, and uh, we are so glad that you chose to worship with us today. I uh, wanted to, to kind of give you a, a story this morning, and uh, before I do that, I should let you know, uh, when people ask where I am from, I always say Worcester, Ohio. I don't know if anyone has ever heard of Worcester, Ohio. Maybe you have. It's kind of a mid-sized, we'll say mid-sized town that people have heard of. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a county seat, has 30,000 people, it has a college, it's an hour and a half north of here, and some of you are from Ohio and are still like, I don't know what he's talking about, but I'm, I have a point, I promise, I'll get there, okay. Uh, so, so Worcester has all those things, uh, and that's usually, you know, I say, I'm from, I'm from Worcester, or I'm from up by Worcester, or something like that, uh, but I want to be honest with you guys today, I'm from a town called Sterling, Ohio, and I think there's probably only one person in here who's ever heard of Sterling, Ohio, uh, and I'll tell you guys why, because it has uh, a four-way stop. Not a light, a four-way stop. All right, Sterling. Uh, it has a tractor dealership called Sterling Farm Equipment. They're a big deal. I promise you that. Uh, and, and most importantly, it has a zip code. I don't know how Sterling got a zip code, uh, but they do. And so that's what makes it a real town. Uh, and that is actually where I'm from. They used to have a, a store, kind of like a little mini grocery store. Uh, they used to have a furniture shop. And at one time, they had my elementary school, which has now been torn to the ground and bulldozed. So let's not talk about that. But um, I, I tell you all those things to, to tell you that I am not from Hilliard. I am not from the Columbus area. Uh, I am not from suburbia. I am from podunk, middle of nowhere. That's usually how I describe it. And so um, I, I wanted to give you a little background because this morning I wanted to talk about uh, one, of my, one of my favorite things, uh, one of my favorite joys in life growing up, uh, and that was uh, called TPing or toilet papering. I don't know what you call it. But the reason uh, that that was so fun where we were at is because, like I said, I was in the middle of nowhere. And so now uh, I probably see a, a police officer drive by my house like once a week maybe or so. You know, maybe they drive by at night and I'm sleeping. Uh, when, when I was growing up, we had cows directly across the road. It was a gravel road, you know, kind of half paved, you know how they do. And then we had cornfields on three sides. And so, like, once a year, a sheriff would drive by, and we'd be like, I just saw the sheriff, wow! It was like a huge deal, you know, we felt so safe for that one day. And so, um, I am not from a place like anywhere like this. And so, um, you could get away with things like this. If you tried to do this, you know, here in, in suburbia, you'd probably be arrested within like two minutes because everyone has an alarm and like a camera outside their house and there's cops rolling by on every street. Uh, but if you have never gone toilet papering or TPing, uh, I brought this just to do a little demonstration today and to teach you all how to be delinquents if you want to. So the way that you TP, if you've never done this, you, you go to someone's house that has trees or bushes, you take the toilet paper, you just like throw it up in the tree, right? And then it rolls down and it gets stuck all in the leaves and the, the branches and, and it looks terrible at their house. and, and and then the people have to clean it up the next day because there's dew all over it and you laugh at them and you drive by and honk, their horn, honk your horn when you're doing it and like, ha ha, we TP'd your house. Maybe you've done that before? No? Okay. No one wants to admit it. They're in church. They're like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's a, that's a terrible thing. Okay. When I was in 8th to 10th grade, this was like my life. I thought I was going to be in the NBA someday. That was half of my life. And the other half was, was going TPing. And so uh, me and my friends, we were apparently nerdy. Uh, we called ourselves the TP Bandits, all right? We like had a name and a logo. We made, I'm not, I wish I was kidding, I'm not. We made little business cards. And so we would like go TP someone and then like put a card on their door and think we were awesome. Um, 
And we would go TPing seriously like every weekend. Like we would all save up our change. And so we'd be in Walmart like counting out nickels, you know, and like whatever we could do to buy the most rolls possible. And we'd done price comparisons. We eventually realized that six rolls for a dollar at Family Dollar was cheaper than the cheapest multi-pack at Walmart. And so we had all this stuff figured out. And so um, that's what we would do. And so this morning, I give you all that background. I'm from the middle of nowhere where you can easily teepee because you will never get caught because some people have, you know, five-acre lots with tons of trees on and they can't even see what you're doing. Uh, and so we would do that every weekend. It was my favorite pastime. And so I wanted to share a few stories. These are some of my favorite TPing stories. Just indulge me. Maybe you'll remember 8th to 10th grade. Maybe you won't. But uh, I had a friend named Danny Urban. And uh, he, he was that friend that, like, his mom, I don't, we, at the time we thought she was cool, but maybe she just, I don't know, didn't care about us or something. We, when we went to his house, we could spend the night, and we could do whatever we wanted. So, like, if we, if we spent the night at my house, my mom was like, I want you guys in bed by 11. Don't go out. Danny's mom was like, Hey, as long as you don't die, do whatever you want, you know. And so we would go over there and spend the night, like 10, 20 guys. We'd sleep in the basement. And, uh, and we would just go out and TP. We'd, we'd walk to someone's house. And so one night, uh, we, were, we couldn't get a ride or something. Sometimes we'd get hauled to different houses because everyone lived so far apart in Podunk, middle of nowhere. But we decided that we were just going to go find a house to TP, even if we didn't know the person, all right, because we were just bad kids. So we thought we would go TP this house. And eventually we decided, oh, this house is for sale. Let's go TP that house because it'd be funny if they were trying to sell their house and it was for sale. That's a terrible thing. Don't ever do that. Uh, but we didn't think anyone was living in that house. And in the middle of, of TPing this, this house, a guy came out and was like, what are you guys doing? And starts yelling at us. And so my friend threw a roll of toilet paper at this guy, which, again, was a terrible idea. And so he started chasing us, and we all took off. And that was, it was not a good idea, not something I've ever told my mom, so please don't tell her. Uh, another story uh, I wanted to tell you. Uh, one time, my friend Joey had a birthday party, and we decided that we would, we would all spend the night at his house and, and go TPing. And uh, right around the corner from where he was, our science teacher, Mr. Coffee, lived. And so he lived, like, right next to the, the firehouse slash police station, which none of us thought through. So we just walked around the corner from Joey's house, and we're thinking, we're going to TP this guy. This is going to be awesome. And lo and behold, you know, we have, like, one rollout, and we're, like, ready to do this. And the cops show up, and, and we're in eighth grade, so I don't know your background. I had not been arrested a lot before eighth grade, and so um, we were all instantly terrified. You know, this cop had no intention of, of coming after us. He just pulled up and put the spotlight on, and we were like, ah, and just took off running back through this cornfield and dove over the fence in Joey's house, and we're literally, like, laying on the floor in his living room doing the whole, like, like looking up at the ceiling and we could see the cop roll by and like shine a light and it kind of went across the wall and we're thinking like this is not a good idea so every time we seem to go TPing something bad would happen the last story I want to tell you one time uh, my friend Brandon had a, a birthday party also and so he decided he, he couldn't have everyone over and so he like handpicked all the people who were the best at TPing alright and so it wasn't that we were even all like the closest of friends you know it was literally like an Ocean's Eleven type thing where he was like I'm going after the sniper I'm going after the guy with stamina getting the guy with muscles like the guy that can drive a car and so he got, came and got like the golden five and came and got us all and we went to go uh, TP this, this girl Heather and again these stories sound terrible now because I realize we failed half the time, but we thought we were awesome. We, we got to her house, and uh, we, no one realized this. She had, like, one tree, and it was a tree that they had cut all the limbs off up to, like, 30 feet. And so, like, we couldn't even get the toilet paper up in these trees. And so we're sitting there, and we're like, well, let's just do the bushes. And, and as you know, bushes are usually about one foot from someone's house and so we're like right at the house and apparently her parents are just watching us and and laughing and so eventually her dad comes out and he's just like I don't know apparently he thought I'm gonna fire a gun in the air just to entertain these kids all right 
So um, that's why I explained that I'm from Podunk Nowhere. This is a guy that we knew, we were all friends with, as our friend's dad, and uh, he would never actually shoot at us, I think, but he decided that firing a shotgun into the air would be awesome, and so uh, this guy, Brandon, that I was with, who, uh, this was his party, as soon as, you know, her dad just like flings the back door open and just does a whole like, shh, shh, boom, you know, and we're kind of all like going about our work and we're all, you know, we all look up instantly and we're thinking like, this just got real serious, you know, and I'll never forget this because he was the one, Brandon was the one that was like inviting us all to this party. He's like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're going to cheap you. We'll get her in the, you know, my dad's going to haul us. It'll be, it'll be great. And, and instantly, as soon as it happened, this, this guy is like, abort mission, abort mission. He's yelling that like, like seriously, like we're in like a, you know, a, a Russian spy movie or something from the 80s. He's just like, abort mission! And like looking around and takes off running like out through this field and we're all just like, okay, you know, so we just like jog back to where we knew the car was. Uh, this guy was freaking out. And the reason I tell you that this morning, not because I wanted to tell you that I should have been arrested more, that I have a criminal background, or that you can't trust me, uh, telling me where you live, um, but I, I think we've, we've all been in a situation like that. I think we've all been in a situation, maybe not TPing, maybe, maybe not doing something that's illegal or something that'll get you arrested. But I think as, as we live life, as we go through life, we, we gather facts. We, we try to learn the, the most we can about situations. We do the, the best we can. And uh, as we go through life, we, we want to live. We want to survive. We want to we make it. We want to be successful, whatever that means. And sometimes situations change. Sometimes you realize that you're being shot at. Or you realize that someone's chasing you. Or you realize that, that there's a dog chasing you. Or maybe something else. But sometimes our knowledge of a situation changes, and it changes the way that we're looking at life. It changes the way we're looking at that situation. Sometimes we see things differently. We have a new point of view. Sometimes as we learn what's going on, we have a decision to make. And we've all had a moment where suddenly we thought, you know what? I need to get out of debt. Or you know what, I, I, I love that person, we grew up together, but I can't hang out with them anymore. Or, I need to take, I need to take school serious. Or, you know what, I'm, I'm just not happy doing this anymore. I need, to, I need to resign from my job. I need to switch into the career that I've been thinking and praying about. When we understand the full picture of what's going on in our lives, when we understand an entire situation, as we gather facts, often we have a decision to make in our lives. This morning, I want to I share a passage with us that's in John chapter 3. So if you have a Bible, maybe there's, there's one under your chair there you can, you can find. I want to invite you to turn there. If you do not own a copy of God's Word, we want to invite you to take that Bible that you are holding with you today. We would love for you to have that and be able to read that and, and look in that during the week. John chapter 3 tells us about a man named Nicodemus. He lived at the same time that Jesus was, was on earth and doing his earthly ministry, and, and he had been told and taught certain things about Jesus. Nicodemus had been, had been told you know, a certain way to think about Jesus, and he'd been told how to perceive Jesus and who Jesus was, but he'd also heard some things word of mouth. And so he had one, one group of information, one group of things that he had been told, but he was coming to, to find out that, that his perception and his, his idea of Jesus was changing. He realized that he had a decision to make. And so we get a, a peek into this passage today. And so I want to invite you to, to turn to John chapter 3. And I'd like to read this. This is kind of the story of, of Nicodemus coming for the first time to meet Jesus. And as he's gathering facts, as he's living life, he realizes that he might have a change to make. And so let's check this out together. John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. 
Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind. You can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I ever tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven in return, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so that others can see that they are doing what God wants. This man, Nicodemus, that Jesus is talking to and meeting with in this passage, this is a, this is a guy who was a religious leader in this day. This is a guy who, who supposedly got it, it who, who others would go to for advice, who others would say, he, he's got things figured out. I, I look up to him. I, I want to be like him. I'm going to ask him for advice. This would be the guy that you would go to and say, listen, this is happening. What, what do you think I should do? Here's, here's the financial picture. Here's, here's what's going on. What, what can I do in my life right now? And yet, he was looking at, at what he thought he knew of Jesus, what he had been told of Jesus, what he had gathered, and he was saying, these, these, these things aren't, aren't checking out. I, I think I, I'm changing my, my thinking. I think I'm seeing Jesus in a new way. I think I'm, I'm looking at this situation and, and realizing it's, it's time for a change. And so he's confused. We see that at the beginning of this passage. But we get to be there for the first time as, as he gets it. He understood that when he was looking at Jesus, he was seeing God. He was experiencing God and he wanted to know God. He was seeing these things. He wanted to be a part of the kingdom of God. He wanted to be a part of this ministry, the way that Jesus was affecting lives and impacting lives. And he realized that, that he had a visible hole in his life. He was looking at Jesus. He was looking at Jesus' disciples, the earthly ministry of Jesus. And he was realizing that whatever he saw in those people didn't exist in his life. He had status. He had knowledge. He had power. I was reading some books and doing some study this week, and, and they said that, that this guy's wealth couldn't even really be described compared to your average person of that day. I mean, this guy, this guy was loaded, and so if, if he was here today, he would have on the best clothes, the best car. He would probably have on a, a gold pinky ring just to show off and make sure everyone thinks he's awesome. And so this guy was, was established, and, and people liked him. He was rich, he was powerful, he was educated, and yet he was looking at his life and saying, you know what, something's, something's missing. And I... I don't know everyone in this room today. 
know Jake a little better because he told his story. You did a great job, by the way. Thanks, Jake. Uh, I, I feel like I know him now, but I don't know everyone in here. I don't know your story. I don't know where you're going. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I assume that you can relate to a person like that. I assume that as you hear a story like that of a guy who, who had some stuff, who had money, he probably had a bunch of camels or something you know, that meant status back then. Like I said, he had great clothes, great robes, all this stuff. And yet he's looking at Jesus and saying, I, I don't have that. I, I don't even know that I can describe that or what that is. But I don't have that. Here's what Nicodemus wasn't, wasn't really realizing. We were created in the image of God. Every person that walks this earth, every person that you have ever met was created in the image of God. We were created to know God and to have a relationship with him. But our, our sin, the things that are in our lives, the things that we do wrong, the ways that we mess up, those, those things separate us from God. And I'm assuming that I don't have to convince anyone in here that you've maybe done one thing wrong in your life. I don't, I don't want to guilt you or make you feel bad, but I've done something wrong, and you probably have too. Maybe you went TPing in eighth grade also. But we've all done things that are wrong. Those things separate us from God. And Jesus is laying this out for Nicodemus for the first time, who's saying, I want more. I want my life to matter. He saw that he was separated from God. He wanted, he wanted relationship with God. He wanted relationship with Jesus. He wanted access. He wanted to be in the kingdom of God, as they had referenced. And I feel like Jesus laid it out very clearly when he said this. In that verse that we read, he said, But the Son of Man has come down from heaven. He's talking about himself. He's saying, Jesus has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness referencing when, when the nation of Israel was coming out of, of slavery in the, the Exodus time. He says, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. He doesn't mean literally. Jesus wasn't saying, everyone pick me up and pass me around. He's saying, I need to be elevated in your life. You need to understand who I am and the importance of, of what I stand for, what I'm about to do. He says, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Verse 15, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. So Jesus is pointing out that, that he has come down from heaven. He has come down from, from heaven as the Son of God. He was, he was born, and at this point, he's, he's older than 30 years, but he's lived a human life. He's lived on earth. He's lived a perfect life. And the reason he, he lived that perfect life was so that when, when people would, would come to him and say, you're claiming to be the Son of God, and you're not, when they would, when they would say, you can't do that, that that's a crime, and when they would want to hang him on a cross, when they would want to crucify him and, and kill him and murder him, he willingly went to that cross and died. Not because he, he needed to or, or because he deserved it. He did it because he, he wanted to. Because we have sin and, and junk in our lives, things that separate us from God. And Jesus was, was building a bridge between us and God when he died on the cross. And so by his death, he was taking our, our punishment for our sin. He was taking the things that, that we deserve. And three days after he died, he, he rose from the dead. Maybe you've heard that with a big word, the resurrection. He was, he was resurrected. He defeated sin. He defeated death. And in that, he gave us life. He gave us access to God the Father because he defeated our sin that he had taken on himself. He built a bridge to God the Father. And so as humans who were created in the image of God to know God, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we're given access to God the Father. And so if we put our faith and our trust in Jesus, just as he said there, the Son of Man should be lifted up. If we understand who he is, 
and we elevate our view of him in our lives and we say, I know that you died for me and I trust that you took my sins away and I trust that just as you died and gave your life, I can give my life to you. Love the way that that was said earlier. Verse 16 says this, and it's so simple, and maybe, maybe you've seen this on a sign at the Super Bowl, and as Americans we learn to, to write this off, but this is one of the greatest verses. John 3.16, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son. God sent Jesus, that's telling us, so that everyone who believes in him, in Jesus, will not perish, but will have eternal life. See, when we, when we let Jesus take our sins, when we understand that that he's saying, you don't deserve this, but I came and died for you. I'm dying for you out of, out of the grace of my life and of my heart. You can trust in me. You can give me your sins. When we let Jesus take those sins, take those things out of our life, put our hope in him, we're given a pathway and a relationship to God the Father. We can know God the Father just as we were created to. And that means that, that we, can, we can be with him forever. When we die, when we leave this earth, we will be with God for eternity. That's what this verse is referencing when you believe in, in God, when you put your faith in Him, when you elevate Him in your life, it says we'll have eternal life. And verse 17 is also an important verse. It says, God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. Some of us, we've been in the church long enough that we've learned to, to think, oh, I, I was born a Christian. I my parents are so Christian that I, I can just be Christian off the fumes of their life. I, I went to a Christian school. I went to 20 Bible schools growing up. I, I had an Awana vest. I don't even know what that is, but I had one. And I, I did all of these things. I got it, I got it covered. And so over time, we, we learn to, to look down on other people or, or judge other people. We learn to elevate ourselves instead of the Son of Man, instead of Jesus. We learn to think that, that we're awesome, that we're so great, and that, that, that we don't have problems, we don't have anything wrong in our life, that we just get it all right. I love that this verse is kind of a reminder for us. After re-explaining the gospel and saying, Jesus gave his life so that you could have life, it says, God sent him into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world. Jesus is here not to judge, but to save. And so, as Christ followers, many of us in here today, our job shouldn't be to judge. It should be to communicate who Jesus is and to see those people be saved, to see them give their lives to him so that they can be given eternal life. Sometimes we, we need that reminder because we think that you get a 10-year pin for being a Christian or a 20-year pin or, or certain awards or, or we're so great. We are nothing, nothing without Jesus. Every person who has ever walked this earth is not good enough to know God without Jesus, without the blood of Jesus as he died on the cross, building that bridge and making a path for us. Jesus came into this world not to judge, but to save. So today, just as when I was uh, cutting my teeth as a, as a young TPer, and sometimes I would gather information and, and realize that I needed to make a change or I needed to reevaluate a situation and, and kind of change my behavior, change what I'd been doing, change my thinking, maybe for the first time, you've seen a clear picture of who Jesus is. You've seen a clear picture of for how much God loved you to send his only son, Jesus. Or you finally understood the metaphor that Jesus is our bridge to God. He's the way that we can have relationship with God. He's the way that we can know God. If you didn't know that, maybe, maybe for the first time that's, that's taking hold in your heart and changing your heart. And you're realizing that there's a change that needs made in your life. 
Maybe you're realizing that, that Jesus is the void that you've had because you, you see yourself in Nicodemus. You've had money and, and status and jobs and friends and, and things, and they weren't enough because you still had a void because you were created to know God. This morning, I, I want to offer you the opportunity to elevate Jesus in your life, to say, I understand who Jesus is. I understand what he did for me, and I understand that he gave his life for me, and I want to live my life for him. I want to give you the opportunity to do that. And so in a little bit, our band's going to come back up, and we're going to do some songs. They're going to play. I'm going to be standing in the back. I would love for you to come and talk to me and just say, I don't, I don't know everything about life. I don't, I don't know everything about Jesus, but I understand that there's a void in my life, and I understand that, that he's asking me to change my life today, to make a decision to give my life to him. I understand that he paid the price for my sins and that I need him. I would love to tell you more about that. We have a, a next steps table out here. The people that will be at that table would love to tell you more about that. They would love to pray with you. They would love to explain that decision to you. They would love to give you a Bible and let you know how you can grow in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're one of the, the Christians that verse 17 references. Maybe you're one of the Christians who you feel like it's your job to judge everyone. You feel like it's, it's your job to, to kind of look at situations and think, yeah, I can see how they need to change, but, but I don't need to change. I'm doing all right, or I'm, I'm getting by. Things are, things are great. Maybe you're someone, as you hear the gospel again, it, it pierces your heart. And you've made a decision to, to trust Christ. You've made a decision to follow him. But as you, as you look at your life, as you look at the way you live, and Jake said that this morning, he said, there was a time that I, I really came into my faith and I, I started making incremental changes. Things got serious. Things got real. Maybe that's you today. The people at the Next Steps table would love to talk to you also. They can let you know how you can get plugged in, how you can get in one of our movement groups, where you can study the Bible, where you can be in relationship with other people and, and be sharpened and, and you can grow. Because Jesus came to this world to save the world. And so if you have Jesus in your life, your, your mission should be to save the world. And if you feel like even though you've made that decision, nothing is changing, you, you really don't have a purpose, you're not saving the world, you're not saving anyone, you feel like, like you lack a mission, it might be that you need to grow in that relationship. You need to draw closer to Jesus so you can have his attitude, his, his, his heart for people, his thoughts, his emotions as you look to save the world. This morning, I want to offer you that decision. Sarah explained that, that Movement Church exists so that we can be a movement of people finding their way back to God. For some people, that is a first-time decision. That is saying, you know what? I never understood who Jesus was. I never understood what he did or why Christians wore T-shirts with fish on them. The whole thing was super confusing to me. I know they have their own radio station, and I don't know why. For the first time today, you see who Jesus is, and you, you can realize, I need to make a change I need to put him first in my life. I need to give my life to him. would love to offer you that decision. Or maybe you're realizing for the first time that, that your life just needs to go to, to the next level. You need to take your faith and your commitment to Jesus more serious. You need to grow. In fact, I, I know that's the case. But if you want help or you want to share that with someone, come and talk to me. Come and talk to someone at the table. We say that we're moving and people find their way back to God. That doesn't stop. Like I said, there's no time that, oh, I found my way back to God. I won the award. I'm good. Can I just go sit in the, the retirement seats? Or is there, do you guys need help serving coffee or something? 
We're all finding our way back to God. And so maybe today as you hear the gospel, you're realizing there's something in your life, one, one desire, one thing, one relationship that needs repaired. Maybe that's what you need to repair today as you find your way back to God. But our vision is, is one for life and one that applies to everyone. So I'm going to invite these guys back up. We can, we can sing and we can worship together. And as we're singing to, to God, as we're singing and thanking him for who he is and what he's doing in our lives, think about where you are in relationship with him. If you need to make a decision to trust Jesus for the first time, if you need to find your way back to God, please come and talk to us. Please come to the table and let us know that. If you want to talk to someone about how you can be committed, how you can be serious about your faith, come and let us know that also. We would love to talk to you today because Jesus came to this world not to judge, but, but to save. And so that's the, the vision and mission of Movement Church. That's who we want to be. That's what we're excited about. We would love to see you make that decision today. Let me pray for us and we can worship together. God, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for your word. God, it is exciting just to, to, to hear the gospel, to hear that you loved us so much that you sent your son, Lord, not because, because he deserved death, Lord, but because our, our sins deserve death. God, he loved us so much. You loved us so much. You sent him so that he could die and that we could have life through him. We could have relationship with you through him. God, that is exciting and that never gets old. Help us to remember that as we sing to you this morning. Help us to realize that we are nothing apart from you. Lord, if we have known you for one day or one month, 100 years, Lord, we still need you. We can still celebrate you. We can praise you and be excited about what you're doing in our lives and our hearts in the city of Hilliard. God, I pray for people right now that know that they need to make a decision and might be scared. Lord, I pray that they will, will talk to someone at the table that will come and find me. Lord, that we can explain to them what it's like to know Jesus and to know you. God, be with us now as we worship. We lift this up in your name.